Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. With me, as always, Dan. I'm here. Adam. That's what I was going to say. And Aaron. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to say here. See, I'm here, and you're there. A quick update on our picks, and it's no longer a race. It's a slaughter. Aaron is at 94 correct picks, 14 more than second place Adam, who has 80. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm in third with 77, and Dan is your biggest winner at losing football bets with 74 correct ah. picks, 20 behind Aaron. I did better last year. Yeah. I, I mean, I did worse at losing last year, if yes. that makes sense. But this is lucky week 13. That's so. right. Shalom. Thursday night football. What a fun and entertaining game we had last night. And go figure, both teams had a full week to prepare as both the Seahawks and Cowboys played last Thursday during Thanksgiving. It's almost as if these teams and players struggled to get into a routine on a short week. And perhaps that's why most teams look like garbage on Thursday nights. Just a thought, perhaps the NFL should investigate. Having said that, this was not a clean game as there were 19 accepted penalties totaling 257 yards. More importantly, where is the Cowboys' defense when they play a competent team? This is only the third game against a team with a winning record, and the defense is giving up 35 points a game on average in those contests. You could give them a pass in their losses to the 49ers and Eagles, but the Seahawks have only averaged 22 points a game all season and scored 29 points combined in their last two games. Dak Prescott is playing his best football and is on pace to have his best season, but if the defense continues to be more famine than feast, Prescott will need to play at an MVP level the rest of the season, as the next four games are against the Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, and Lions. That was a lot of words, Paul. I was off today. (laughs) (laughs) It shows. Um, Yeah, this game for me was kind of like any outcome would have been fine. Dallas loses, fine. Seahawks lose, fine. Actually, a tie might have been like the most interesting outcome. That would have been fun. Would have been fun. Yeah, would have thrown some some chaos out there. One of the stats Paul failed to mention is that this, I believe, was only the sixth game in NFL history that had no punts. Zero. Yeah, five or six. Which, when you are touting a defense or when fans of Dallas are touting their defense as being this amazing defense and you did not force any punts. I know they forced, uh, they, they got the ball on um, turnover on downs a couple of times, but still, to allow 35 points and you think you're one of the best teams in the league? No, I'm sorry. They ended up winning, but neither of these teams scares me as it relates to playing the 49ers. Yeah. Here we go. Is it any surprise that the Cowboys won this game? No, it isn't. And it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I am a little disappointed the Cowboys didn't cover. But, you know, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. But uh, when they're playing against the Seahawks, I'm going to root for them every time. Yeah, I did not have a lot of fun watching this game. There were too many penalties, too many stoppages. And Al Michaels. Don't forget Al Michaels. Yeah, well, no, I liked Al Michaels in this one. I felt like he was paying attention. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He was sitting up and eating cake. He He had a bit of cake, yeah. Um, Yeah, I wish the the Cowboys had done better. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but uh, 
Uh, they seem to be doing good this year, and but apparently against bad teams. Uh, but yeah, too many penalties. Whatever. All right, let's jump into this week's breakdown. Cincinnati Bengals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dan. Why is this even a game we're discussing? <laughs> Without Joe Burrow, the Bengals aren't going anywhere this season. There's enough other talent on the team, though, for the Bengals to keep this one close. And the Jaguars don't have a great record at home. I am going with the Bengals to not win but cover the 9.5. Or beat the 9.5, I should say. So Browning's been sacked seven times in two games. The Jaguars had four sacks alone just in their last game. Uh, I'm going to expect them to keep the pressure up, and I am going to go with the Jaguars. It's eight and a half, right? Eight and a half. Mm. I believe it's eight and a half. Oh, did I miss? Did I have a typo? (laughs) Does that change your opinion? (laughs) Nope. I assume the Bengals will be favored here because I don't really follow football, and I was going to pick the Jaguars to cover. My math has the Jaguars winning by five, but my math has no idea what's going on with Joe Burrow's wrist. To be honest, I had to Google it as well. I do not like this spread, but Trevor Lawrence and his face came through for me last week. Between the home team, Jacksonville, and the Burrowless Bengals, I'm going to add five to the math and say Jaguars win by at least ten. I've got the Jaguars. So I do try to get five competitive games to talk about. But this is a terrible week for games. Going into that, Zach Taylor is 4-20 in games in which he doesn't have Joe Burrow. Shocking, but not terribly uncommon when you lose your starting quarterback. Not everyone has a Brock Purdy stashed on their roster. But I think this speaks to how teams are built, which has de-emphasized the running back. And when you build your team around passing the ball and then lose the person who passes the ball, you're essentially fucked. The reason Purdy was so successful in his first year can be attributed to the way the 49ers are built around running the ball. It's why Atlanta was a preseason darling with their run game. All they needed was competence at the QB position, which they haven't had. This is going to be an ugly Monday night football game. I'm taking the Jags to cover. Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. Adam. So first of all, the Saints offense is plagued with injuries, and the Lions are still looking strong. I would think that the Lions would score at least twice as often as New Orleans, making the four-and-a-half-point spread a no-brainer. I'm going to go with the Lions. The Lions lost on Thanksgiving to a not-very-good team whose name escapes me, and my math has them only winning by two. On the other hand, they've had plenty of time to regroup, and they're playing Derek Carr and the Saints. I say the Lions come roaring back to beat the Saints handily. I've got the Lions. This game will come down to which quarterback can keep his shit together longer, Jared Goff or Derek Carr. The Saints should feel more comfortable as five of their last seven games have been on the road, with their next three being at home. But while I look at Dan Campbell the same way I look at the Cowboys' defense, the Lions will get this done and cover. As uh, Adam mentioned, they are facing some injuries on offense. Carr could be without his top three wide receivers this week. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. However, Jared Goff has been a turnover machine lately. I think the Saints keep it close with defensive points, but the Lions get back to winning. Going with New Orleans to beat the four and a half spread. Okay. Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. Aaron. The Broncos have been on an upswing lately, winning their last six games. And my math has the Texans only winning by one. 
I've been stubbornly ignoring the math and picking the favorites this week, but what the hell, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Texans win by a field goal. I've got the Broncos. So apparently my early season gloating of how bad Russell Wilson and Sean Payton were has come back to bite me in the ass. And they have positioned themselves to make a playoff push. I do love the fight I've seen coming out of Houston, but they have been playing too many tight games for me to be comfortable with them covering the three and a half point spread. I'm taking Denver. Despite the poor start to the season, the Broncos have quietly won five in a row. Quietly. Wait, six. Oh, my bad. No, it's five. I counted six. <laughs> yes. Um, School of Rock. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so uh, CJ Stroud is obviously the best QB to come out of this rookie class, and I expect him to outperform Wilson on uh, Sunday. Uh, I think this could be an entertaining high-scoring affair, which could come down to a field goal at the end. I am going with the Houston Texans. So I think we're all looking at about the same thing. It is a close game. The Broncos' defense is strong. It's going to challenge C.J. Stroud. Still, I can see the Texans winning by a field goal, but not much more than that. So for that reason, I'm going for the Broncos. Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers. Has Jordan Love actually turned a corner here? In three of his last four games, he has had a completion percentage of 67% or higher. His previous seven games, he only accomplished that feat once while averaging only 58% on his pass attempts. He is beginning to look more decisive as he continues to develop chemistry with this receiving group. A receiving group Patrick Mahomes would trade all of his scrub receivers for in a heartbeat. While I do believe Kansas City will be able to move the ball against this Packers defense, I think they will rely too much on Harrison Butker's leg and will be unable to cover the six and a half points. I'm taking the Packers. Woo. <laughs> Wait, did, did he pronounce that right? He did. Okay, Ooh. good. No edge. All right. Paul, I, I think I'm with you on this. Jordan Love and the Packers have shown signs of life lately, but I don't think they'll pull the upset as far as winning against the Chiefs. However, the Chiefs have looked vulnerable at points. So, again, this is another one I expect to be a close game until the end with uh, the Packers losing, however, covering the six and a half. Chiefs defense is going to keep the pressure up on Jordan Love. A little trivia tidbit, this is Patrick Mahomes' first appearance at Lambeau. Mm. I expect to see a lot of Chiefs doing the Lambeau leaps. I'm going with the Chiefs. It's Taylor Swift versus Simone Biles. Taylor Swift once held the top 10 spots on the Billboard Hot 100 in a single week. Simone Biles is the greatest gymnast ever and has five skills named after her. However, she had to drop out of the 22 Summer Games in Tokyo because of the twisties. The twisties or the Taylor Swifties? Wake up, sheeple. I've got the Chiefs. You are a horrible Packers fan. <laughs> I am. What just happened? <laughs> I don't know. What does Simone Biles have to do with the Packers? She's married to a Packer. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. But she's just a child. Is she old she's enough to be married? She's like 12. Bar. And finally, the game of the week, if not the year, the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Damn. Last year, we were robbed of what could have been an epic NFC Championship game when Brock Purdy was injured early in the game. Everybody's talking about last year. No, no, no. no. I'm just saying. 
We were robbed. It could have been, despite the outcome, one of the greatest games in NFL history. Could have been. And I will give the Eagles their due. They hung 37 points on that 49ers team. 31? Are you sure? Yes. Was I looking at the wrong year? No, I don't know. I I was you going off. You had a lot to drink that day. I was going off memory. The sevens look like or ones look like sevens when you you're swimming in bourbon, especially if you're rating them in European style. And you exactly. put that little uh, yeah thing across mm-hmm. the seven flag. The team was demoralized and the offense was non-existent in that game, but they lost. This game is shaping up to be another potential epic showdown. There are stars on both sides of the ball for both teams. I think the one spot that the Niners have an edge is at linebacker. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw can be all over that field. Eagles linebackers, a little weak, and I think the 49ers can exploit that. However, with the potential for rain, this could also turn ugly with turnovers playing a role. I believe the 49ers are the more complete team when healthy, and Brock is slinging it. My prediction? Pain. But really, I think the 49ers win 28-24. The Niners' offense is strong. This game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. If the Niners can keep the Eagles' offense in check in the second half, and the Eagles are highest in scoring in the league in the second half, a two-and-a-half point spread shouldn't be a problem. So I'm also going with the Niners. 49ers had a dominant season going for the first five games until they had to travel to the Midwest to lose to the Browns, Vikings, and Bengals. And then they went back home and won every game since. Editor's note, this is not true. The loss to Cincinnati was at home, and the next game was a win in Jacksonville. Now they have to go to Pennsylvania to face the Eagles. Is Pennsylvania in the Midwest? No one knows. Editor's note, this is not true. The Midwest starts in Ohio in the East and goes to Nebraska in the West. My math has the 49ers winning by six, but the Eagles have been dominant all season except for one inexplicable loss against the Jets in week six. I'm rooting for the 49ers, but I'm picking the Eagles. We've talked all season about the holes the Eagles have in their game. They're an average defense and an opportunistic offense. They've played in too many tight games to believe they are the best constructed team in the NFL, but when it matters most, they are just better than you, and they know that. This is a team that does not allow itself to lose confidence, and despite Nick Sirianni strutting on the sidelines, Jalen Hurts always remains calm, poised, and in control every time he steps on the field, whether it's with a lead or behind. The 49ers are a better team than the Eagles, but they don't have the same grit. Between this season and last, San Francisco has 17 wins in which they won by more than one possession. They only have four wins in one possession games, and two of those games the opposing team scored late to make it a one possession game. All of this is to say that if the odds makers are right, that if this will be a close game, then that favors the Eagles and their style of play. Now, for me, what it comes down to is the line of scrimmage. Who can dominate the line of scrimmage? If San Francisco can keep Brock Purdy off the turf, or if San Francisco can get to Jalen Hurts and keep him contained, that will be what is the difference in this game. Because what we've seen from Jalen Hurts, if he can leak out, if the running game can leak out, they are just a dynamic team. In my opinion, if this game ends in a blowout, it will be San Francisco who wins. But if it's close, then it will be Philadelphia. 
I am taking San Francisco, but this game will not be on my card. And a little fun fact. Going back to 2019, but excluding the 2020 season, San Francisco has 31 wins by 9 points or more and only 13 wins in one-score games. Over the same period, Kansas City also has 31 wins of 9 or more, but you need to include their 2020 season to do so. And they are basically split on wins with 31 two-possession game wins and 29 one-possession game wins. San Francisco wins 70% of their games by two possessions or more since 2019. Wow. I was told there would be no math. (laughs) And a little Wolfpack football news to share. Ooh. As they have fired Ken Wilson after two years, I believe the biggest mistake Ken Wilson made was hiring and sticking with Derek Sage as offensive coordinator, as Nevada had the worst offensive football the last two years. A defense can only keep you in game so long before it gets worn out. Just ask the New York Jets. It will be interesting to see what direction new athletic director Stephanie Rempe goes, but this will be her first big hire, so she needs to get this right. Correct. Let's run down the card, where there are only five home team favorites this week. Chargers from San Diego, five-and-a-half point favorite over the New York the what? Uh, it's, it's the New York. They're, they're actually in New England. <laughs> no, it's the New Yorkies. The, the New Yorkies, the New Yorkie Patriots, the uh, against the Corgis. No. Over the New England Patriots, I'm taking the Chargers. I too am taking the Chargers. Also, of the Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. Are they, I don't know who. Bet on the Patriots. Detroit Lions, four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Saints. I've got Detroit. I am going with the Saints. Uh, Lions. Lions. Atlanta Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorite over the New York Jets. Falcons for me. Falcons. 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 Pittsburgh Steelers, five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Arizona Cardinals. I'm taking the Steelers. I am also on the Steelers. Steelers. I think the Cardinals may have a shot. I don't know about that. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers, five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Carolina Panthers. No coach bump as they all experienced this last year. I picked the Bucks. I'm also going with the Buccaneers. 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 Indianapolis Colts, half-point favorite over the Tennessee Titans. Let's go Colts. Uh, Colts. I'm going with the Titans. Colts. Miami Dolphins, nine-and-a-half-point favorite over the Washington Commanders. Mike McDaniel for the win. I actually think the Commanders could keep this close because that field is horrible, which may um, negate some of the speed on the Dolphins' offense. Also going with the Commanders. Fins. Houston Texans, three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Denver Broncos. I took the Broncos. Texans. Broncos. Broncos. San Francisco 49ers, two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Philadelphia Eagles. Niners, baby. 49ers. 49ers. Eagles. You're such a hater. I said I was rooting for the Niners. <laughs> Los Angeles Rams, three and a half point favorite over the Cleveland Browns. Rams. I'm going with the Rams. Rams. I got the Browns. Kansas City Chiefs, six and a half point favorite over the Green Bay Packers. Woo, Packers. Uh, I uh, will second the Woo Packers. Chiefs. I would like to pick the Packers, but I've chosen the Chiefs. Jacksonville Jaguars, eight and a half point favorite over the Cincinnati Bengals. I've got the Jags. I'm going with the Bengals, whoever is at quarterback. Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence and his weird face. Jaguars. Hey, you know what? That was a great episode. Let's do it again next week. Yeah. Let's do that. Thanks, guys. For the winner's guide to losing football bets, stay safe.
Lee, no. <laughs> Stay safely. <laughs> That's not right.